I'm out of control, I'm out of control Out the park, parks in the fold Yeah, hard to say, overload Ain't no parking space, on the road Yeah, I'm out of control, I'm out of control Out the park, parks in the fold Yeah, say your breath, I'm too cold Yeah, devil hate me, wanna take my soul Yeah, I am just a source of what you stole I'm about to knock it out the park Yeah, Cinefold Yo, 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 yo What's good, what's happening We back Brand new episode of 3 Trying to rain Episode 105 Glad to be back So, every time something comes up in which we can't record, it feels like we don't record for like two years, dog. I know, it's weird. It's absolutely fucking crazy. It's weird. But we're back. Um, Whatever delay, it be that way, life happens. And Super Bowl and then life, okay? Super Bowl, life, it is what it is. But we here, we got stuff to talk about this week. Plenty of stuff to talk about this week on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, but before we get into that, first things first, make sure you copy some you tweak your media merch. This is actually my birthday. My birth by the time you guys listen to this, my birthday will be on the seventeenth. Oh so, shit, hey. bro! Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. shit! I'm supposed to send you some. My, my look, bro. Look. They made me uh, what you call it? Uh, they made me do an extra shift at work. I got you, dog. I ain't gonna All forget. Right. I gotta get you and my little brother something. Uh, I gotta get my big brother something too. No, I gave my big brother something already. Yeah, I'm not. Fuck, I'm a horrible person. Yeah, you good, bro. I ain't that that no big deal, G. But copy some of you tweaking media merch, and that'll be your gift to me if you are the listener or viewer, whichever one. Be greatly appreciated. And also share, share, like, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on. Be greatly appreciated. That's the gift you guys can give me. Or hit up the Cash App, like Dr. Umar would say. Because I, I like gifts and donations as well. So, you know. But let's go ahead and get into it. We got a lot to talk about this week. Um, let's go ahead and start with basketball, actually, because a lot going on in that turn of things. Biggest news of this week is AD is out. Probably going to miss the remainder of the this half of the season, more than likely until, like, until after All-Star weekend, primarily due to Achilles strain. Slash Achilles tendinosis, this is or something like that. So yeah, his his calf hurt. Yeah, his calf hurt, and pretty much the Lakers, like the Lakers, have played on. I think he he took a game off earlier this week, last week, and then he came back, played really freaking good, like really good. I need him. I need those fantasy numbers. Still lost that week, but needed those numbers to at least uh, give me a chance to compete. But then he game against the Nuggets, he still was looking pretty good. Then bump legs with Jokic and proceeded to uh, sit out after uh, noticing swelling up around his Achilles. So it's looking like the Lakers will take the safe thing, do the safe thing, which is sit him. Please sit him because anything involving Achilles and calves can be really freaking detrimental really freaking detrimental so let the man sit let the man rest uh you guys are still the lakers like you guys are a championship team regardless lebron is still playing some great basketball you will be fine let the man rest rest as long as he can let that calf just feel good 
the Achilles feel good, whatever, because the last thing you need is to lose Anthony Davis because of just selfishness. We saw what happened to the Warriors. So let the man get some rest. Let him relax. Like, at this point, like the Lakes are still playing really good ball, coasting at times, but they're playing good ball. They're winning games. You're in a good position. As long as you don't slip off too far, you good. So that's how I view it. But they'll be fine. People sitting there wondering, like, oh, my God, what if it's too serious? Literally already counting the Lakers out narratives. But it's like, gee, this is also the Lakers. They have one of the best training staffs in the league. Yeah, he's going uh... I'll go ahead. Can you hear me? Nigga lagging hard as hell. Screen lately froze. But, uh, but yeah, as I was just saying, Lakes got one of the best training staffs. Yo, G, if you were talking, I didn't catch anything. Oh, uh, you can't. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, but your screen frozen. <laughs> I can't hear you at all, G. Like, at all. Let me. Let me. Is this better? Come on. Look at this. Uh, your screen front. Uh, That's something fucking wrong. I'm find that Alright. Well, they try to figure it out. I'm going to keep talking for the time being. But it's already narratives of, like, the Lakers are in trouble. Like, yes, I understand that AD is a very essential part of the Lakers success he is literally if you want to separate the Lakers based on like the captain of the offense the captain of defense AD's captain of the defense LeBron's captain of the offense and even though AD has been struggling on the offensive end he hasn't looked like the AD of last year where he's just outright dominating on a consistent basis he still is looking really good defensively and his numbers show his defensive numbers show it especially like he's still putting forth a lot of effort on that end of the floor. So with that being said, um, it's a tough blow. And it already puts more of a strain on LeBron, who has, even though AD has been dealing with a lot of knick-knack injuries this, during this current season, he still has still produced. He still looks like one of the better defenders in the league. He just offensively looked like clearly he's not helped, clearly 100%. So this is a chance for AD to get 100%, get healthy, let any other little nagging injuries heal up, get your leg together above all, and let the others figure it out. Like, this is a time for Dennis Schroeder to step up, uh, step up more. Montrez to step up more, even more on the defensive end. Marcus Gasol going to have to play a bigger role as a center as well. So it's an opportunity for the Lakers in, as a whole to – as a team to grow as a unit at this point because it's going to be more on the others. Uh, Kuzma as well. Kuzma's going to have to play a big role. I think he's he's starting tonight as of right now against the Timberwolves. What's the score? Oh, last I looked at the score, the Lakers was down by four. Now they're up, they up by five. Just like that, it happens. But, um, but yeah, the Lakers are in a unique position, but it'd be, it'd be disrespectful to count them out. It'd be very disrespectful to count them out. Regardless, this is a LeBron James-led team. You do not count out LeBron James-led teams. And this is still a very capable playoff team, regardless. But AD should be back after All-Star weekend, even then. If, even if he's not 100% straight straight, let him sit a little bit more. 
you're not it's not hurting much like shoot like let him get as much rest as he can and then when he comes back let lebron get get a week or two off of just rest like shit it just be that way so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm back uh sorry viewers i'm gonna have to go off the cell phone uh i think i know the problem with the um my computer but i'm just gonna do it off the phone for right now and deal and hopefully by the next time we record it it'll be straight um but yeah like you were saying uh my initial thoughts is is you know i trust the lakers in every which way and form uh, one of my jokes was it probably won't hit as hard when you said uh, they got one of the best medical styles I said of course until we talking about Kobe's Achilles in which that never got healed um, but he was also old <laughs> but um, no I, I agree with everything you said unique situation even though you saying like uh, was talking about Kuzma Kuzma been really good he's been he's been like a junkyard dog as the type uh, player be grabbing boards, been playing really good defense on the players he could play defense on. That's something I want to talk about um, later in the show is about this whole defense thing because uh, Omega Warrior fans got cooked on Twitter the other day for talking about Ben Simmons and his defense. Got cooked on Twitter, bro. Cooked. Um, but, yeah, uh, when when you when you look at the Anthony Davis situation, I want to just, you know, stop and let people know the KD situation is a tad bit different, so don't automatically jump and all the saying, oh, the Lakers doing the same thing, what KD did, to, what they did to KD and the Warriors. I believe that's two different things. Um, I'm pretty sure AD told the Lakers, I can play, just like KD told the Lakers, I can play. Uh, when 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 AD went out that first initial time with his uh, Achilles problem, it wasn't a situation that looked like, oh, crap, we think he tore his Achilles. When KD went out with that first time, everybody before he went out for that, when before he went out with that quote unquote calf strength, niggas really thought he tore his Achilles. Yeah, like, or it was already it was been slight, that or it's like everybody slightly. Was that was that the the Rocket series? Yeah, was, it was the, rock, yeah, it was the we, Rocket. Yeah, I, I, I remember that verbatim. Everybody literally thought was you was watching it. Shit, KD just tore his Achilles. Mm -hmm. So and everybody was happy when it came back on the calf strength with the AD situation. I honestly thought he was just chilling to be chilling, bro. You know, he one of the people who uh, who needs that 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 type, like the Kyrie Irving type rest and shit like that. That rest that you know get my mental straight, get my body straight. Everybody ain't fucking Bron in this league. Everybody ain't fucking Dame. When I can play every game in a fucking year, um, Dame don't get enough credit for that. By the way, you don't. I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, you know it's it's an okay situation. I. You know, I'm always gonna stand Anthony Davis because he's from a city. So get well soon, my nigga, and get that out of the ring. Um, but yeah, you know, everybody said, "Oh, now it's definitely Brooklyn's chip to win, bro." We can tell y'all watch highlights on Twitter. Is Brooklyn looking like a, a good favorite at the moment right now? The way they playing, especially Kyrie and Harden being able to play good without KD. Yes. Are they smoking teams in the East? Yes. But I think the test. And this is the craziest thing that I'm about to come out of my mouth. But a regular season test, quote-unquote, if you want to give them a test in the regular season, is literally the Utah Jazz. Because that is the most well-oiled team in the And we would talk about the Jazz later. We would talk about the Jazz later. if you smoke the Jazz, you you good. Like, I'm, you, you good. Um, and I mean smoke, not just beat them by five points. I mean smoke. Because ain't nobody been smoking the Jazz yet. 
So uh, the, the Philly tried and fucking Jordan Clarkson came and gave that nigga 40. And so, was out too. So what you say? And yeah, was also was definitely out. So, out yeah. I don't know if that was going to stop the Jordan Clarkson 40. Um, but yeah, you know, that stuff, that, 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 that's my initial thoughts. AD going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. But uh, to kind of give an idea of what Achilles tendinosis is, and this is based on uh, WebMD or something like that, refers to a de- degenerative process of the tendon without histo- histologic or clinical signs of intratendinous and some big word inflammation treatment is based on whether to stimulate or prevent neovascularization so pretty much it's kind of similar to what like Kawhi's quad where it's degenerative which probably don't sound good for Achilles in itself but as of right now like in the same way he had treated with, treated with Kawhi is just with rest and just picking and choosing your moments the good thing is the Lakers found this out early earlier than you know later uh, and making them play so clearly they taking it serious and like I think he would have been fine if he didn't bump legs with Jokic like that yeah. clearly seemed like it flared it back up so it's something that either that is just let just let it rest continue to do whatever doctors gotta do rub it care for it whatever do whatever you gotta do we're not doctors on this podcast at all so it's not our job but it's some sports doctors on actual sports doctors on twitter who can probably break it down a lot more and probably tell us tell you the exact treatments better than WebMD can because those guys are actually sports doctors. So, uh, something to look into. But prayers to AD. I'm sure he will be fine. The Lakers will be fine. There's no reason to really try to make this a lot bigger. Like, it's a big situation, but bigger than it needs to be. Let's put it that way. So, um, but let's go ahead and move on to the Draymond slash Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin uh, being told to sit out situation. So, uh, I think it's best we talk about Drummond and Blake being on the block at this point. So, yeah. let's, so let's break it down in that aspect. Let me type out the topic in itself. Draymond speaks out for Drummond. Uh, so, yeah. So, pretty much it's been confirmed that Cleveland is has uh, Andre Drummond on the trade block. Uh, they plan on not playing him much or not at all. In the midst of, in the midst of the current situation that they're in, pretty much that they accepted that, um, accepted that, um, what's his name is the future Jared Jared Allen's the future for them, which is smart, of course. Jared Allen's a really good player. Um, it's just unfortunate for Drummond. They they intend to trade him, and they're not and hoping not to buy him out because buyout would be a very that's a lot of money to pay somebody over time it just is so with all that being said um they're probably going to end up trading you i'm sure you can get something for drummond the trade market can't be that freaking dry for the man he's he's a man who literally give you freaking 18 and 20 any given night um and even with blake griffin he's also on the we're not going to play you anymore list as well for the pistons 
and we've been on this podcast most of this year to sit there and say Blake Griffin has been playing some very unmotivated basketball. Very unmotivated basketball. He does not look like he's interested in playing like the Blake Griffin of the past. And it's kind of sad to see. And probably for him, for his greater good, a change of scenery might be for the greater good for him. Like, probably just being in Detroit is sad. Detroit is a sad place. If you want to know, like, literally, we're, we're from Chicago. We're not from the west side, but the west side is literally... Detroit is literally the west side as an entire city with a football stadium right smack dab in the middle. That's Detroit. <laughs> it is. So with that being said, like I understand Blake probably is just like I'm over this city. I'm over this franchise. I was in L.A. living some playing some really great basketball and enjoying my life. And now I'm in Detroit. And it's been horrible these past three, what, three, four seasons now. So I get his frustration. But um, with that being said, I think it's for the for their greater good. It's probably well at least Blake's greater good. I think he like a change of scenery is needed for him. Drummond, he deserves better. Like we both rocked with Drummond on this podcast, so it's just like he deserves better. He deserves to be in a winning situation. He's too talented as a big, and I think at to a point where he's almost underrated as a big, where he needs to be in his situation. So I hope for the best for both guys. Um. So I'll let you talk uh, talk about their situations. Um, so I want to also, and I can be wrong, but I also want to go on this podcast to tell Chris that I was right. So I just want to say a 50% chance of me being right, because I remember not too long ago, even if it wasn't on a podcast, I told you Blake was gone. I told you that shit. I told you. You was talking about, man, they can't get rid of Blake. Ain't nobody going to want that money. Blake that gone. contract is still stupid. Trying to trade that the contract, contract is disgusting. is horrible. But they gonna, I told you they would rather eat it now than to, to, you know, still sit on a nigga that they can't use. Even though yeah. I think Blake is jagging the season. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, uh, I think Blake could add a lot to a contender, depending on the t- contender. Unfortunately, he is a match made in heaven for the Clippers because they got a person who can play make off their bench. But Steve Ballmer and Blake Griffin hate each other. So that's just not going to happen. Um, so we will have to go and look at other places. A lot of niggas said, hey, come to the Lakers if he get bought out. That is an upgrade for Marcus Gasol at the moment. It's an upgrade um, in a sense because this is one thing about Blake. Blake Griffin's most underrated trait. He's a great passer. Yeah. That's what I say. You got a, a, a decent ball handler, no homo. And you got somebody who can, you know, his shooting can be there when he's motivated. I seen it. He was able to get the Lakers fucking buckets. Um, and not just that, his handles, man. Something that, you know, Blake been getting praised for his whole entire fucking career. Well, I'm going to praise him again. His fucking handles are low-key unmatched for his size and his yeah. position. Yeah. I was watching a Pistons game not too long ago before I turned that shit off. And that nigga, he was doing that shit. Now I 
am also concerned with the Pistons and probably whoever is that higher up is going to eventually quit because if you're getting rid of Blake now, why the fuck are you getting rid of Christian Wood? Exactly. Why, why did you get rid of Christian Wood? Yeah. That That's like, that made no sense to me. Getting rid of Christian Wood for pretty much nothing. Jeremy Grant, technically. You you replaced him with Jeremy Grant, okay. who's, who's playing really good ball. He's playing good ball. Jeremy Grant, awesome. I agree. Jeremy Grant, awesome. But, you know, it's just – it was – I think it was uh, – seeing how great Christian Wood is now, you could have waited. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Now, when we go to Drummond, buying out Drummond is dumb. I say you go for that trade, see what you can get. Because you get, you can get the very least you're getting a late first rounder. And then you send them west. Don't send them fucking east. Send them fucking west. You last thing you want is drumming, fucking up yo. You send them to Brooklyn or some shit. Last thing you want drumming, fucking up yo. Even if you have a contention in the next three years or some shit, because drumming, still young as fuck. Mm-hmm. I think he what is he. Is he's he even age, 30? He's not even he's he's about the same age as eight. I think me and him is the same age. I think he's twenty eight. So yeah, you will be seeing drumming for a long fucking time. Um so send him west. Um send him who and near another situation. If he get bought out, Lakers need to scoop him up. And then everybody's like, Why well, Lakers need to scoop him up? And then we all realized that yeah, Marcus Shaw wasn't the greatest pickup they could have got. So Lakers like, scoop him up. I think Addison should step in because that's a dumbass move, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> It'd be the most evil move because literally, if the Lakers are to get him, it's like, hey, like you, you still have you have Drummond starting. Marcus All comes off the bench in in situational moments, and yeah, and you have arguably one the most the the biggest and most destructive. Uh, front court in the league with no problems. Yeah, and you also have a, a a situation in which you can play Montrez a little bit more offensively and don't have to really worry about his fucking defense. It's a nasty combination and I think just won't happen. Uh, yeah. the, uh, now, I would I would say this. Brooklyn get them, you might as well mark Brooklyn for the chip. I yeah. say Brooklyn get him, you might as well say Brooklyn yeah. won a chip. I don't think there's anybody else who can really give that nod to in terms of because if Brooklyn get them, then they complete as a team. Yeah. Um, and that's just fucking crazy. There will be no weakness on that team unless Drummond forget how to fucking play defense. And you only got to play 30% defense fucking with that team. So, yeah. Brooklyn get them. Brooklyn get him, it's, it's fucking over. So, yeah, no problem. Um, that's that. Uh, the Clippers will be another Clippers team need that just excels with Drummond. Excels. It will be a a um, a situation in which one, Boreman ain't got to get paid as much. So he ain't got to exude his 
his his board man mentality. Uh, Kawhi, he ain't he ain't got to go that crazy um, when it comes to uh, hitting them boards or crashing the boards like he used to. You got somebody in the post, and Zubak ain't gonna get fucking banged around like he usually do. He's Zubac, been holding his own. Zubak will probably be traded. If we're gonna be honest. Oh, you right, you right, you right. They probably would trade. Zubac. Oh well. Um, yeah, and that's unfortunate for Zub. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other teams. But Drummond makes a lot of mid teams really, really freaking good. Not mid, but he also makes a lot of contenders other than like the Jazz and the um, and like Denver and stuff like that. Other than that team, them teams, he makes them really, really good. The the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets of the world. Fucking Boston. Boston needs this. Did Boston lose that game today? I, I, last, I, I, I was skimming at the, through the scores um, earlier. They were getting slapped up, if I recall. No, wait. So no, 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 no. No, they played the Nuggets, right? Yeah. I think they won that game. Let me double check because it's following the Nuggets. Because if they lost this game, they under 500. Let me see. I believe they won. Yeah, they won. 112 to 99. They won. Yeah. Okay. So that was a must win game, okay? Because if that's the case, R.P. Kimball Walker, because he get chipped. <laughs> I, but, st- I will. I- to keep it G real, I ship Kimba for Drummond. No. You might have to involve another team, honestly. To, uh, yeah, you definitely gonna have to involve because if team, you maybe, Cleveland, like, you have you don't to involve like him. the Clippers or something. Yeah, but even Kimba's not the point guard that the uh, Clippers need. Clippers need. You just getting fucking younger, Lou Will at that point. Shorter, Lou Will. <laughs> That's even worse. It's even worse. It really is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I say that this is a, or you, you could trade in New York. Um, yeah, you can get New York involved if you Boston, you, you can't take Rose. So who the fuck would you take? I wouldn't even know who you'd take. Yeah, Crazy situation. Yeah. Boston's in hell. Long story short. Um, that's a good thing, because fuck them crackers. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, just teams that can use Drummond. Yeah, so Drummond is the biggest trade. I, I knew he was the biggest trade Kamani going into the season. Yeah. He was. Um, unless Bill Dunn taking photo ops of him being tired of that team, <laughs> we good. Now, next year, Westbrook. Will be the biggest trade commodity in the league next year or this year. It could be this year, but Westbrook contract, you might as well ship that nigga to New York and call it a day. Hey. <laughs> hey. Because <laughs> Knicks is really You get made well quickie for him. <laughs> and the work, too, because later the Knicks have the salary space. They had the salary space to make it work. They can absorb a max contract with no problem. That's the funny thing about the Knicks. They can just absorb it. Like, what do you want? We'll give it to you. It's not a problem. So, but yeah. So, but Draymond uh, was vocal about the situation in itself, and uh, where during his presser, during his press conference, he was legit asked 
what the hell is going on. So with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and play set press presser right now. So we got guys can hear Treatment what of the players man said. In this league. To to watch Andre Drummond before the game, uh sit on the sideline, then go to the back and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull because when James Harden no, man, asked so for a trade and essentially dogged it. I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue so to let this on. happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But, mm -hmm. a, but a team can say they're trading you and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly, and we're looking to trade him publicly, and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win, do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told to, ah, oh, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. It goes along the same lines of when, when everyone wants to say, oh, man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, the players must be respected in these situations, and it's ridiculous, and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. <laughs> He's uh, hey, y'all have a good night, man. Hey, real quick. The Warriors bet not ever fuck Draymond up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they bet about and this man ain't out. Boy, the bars. Oh yeah, Alan Silver got a special place in hell, by the way, because he he fucking up with this COVID shit, and these players getting pissed off, bro. Oh no, what David Stern did to make niggas shut up, <laughs> but Alan Silver didn't take out that book, bro. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying these players need to shut up. But I'm just saying. There wasn't these many niggas saying, hey, bro, the league is bullshit when it comes to stuff like this. Because this has always been a thing. You know what I'm saying? Niggas I think always it's because I think the players also kind of know Adam Silver a little pussy. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, but Adam Silver, <laughs> I honestly think Adam Silver got a special place um, in Heffel coming his way because of what he's doing with the basketball league and players not happy with the COVID stuff. How are you going to tell somebody, hey, you can't shake their hands after the game? A grown man. Like, ain't it just, it's, I know that's not a, oh, 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 well, but these are, this is the brotherhood at the end of the day. Some of these niggas play AAU with each other. Shit like mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that shit, that shit got to be answered, bro. Like, it do. Um, but as Draymond would say, it's one of these, it, this is one of them situations in which this shit should have been talked about. And for some pain and reason, it's still not accomplished. Uh, shit happened with Harrison Barnes sitting on the fucking bench. I still laugh at that photo every time I see it because Bro didn't even know what the fuck was going on. He just saw the bench. He's like, damn. Really? Y'all ain't going to um, put me back in? Shit. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, the, the Harrison Barnes literally got traded mid-game. And, like, what are you, what are you supposed to do like as a player mentally when you think about that shit like especially if that team trade doing you not no fucking contender like I'd be fucked up in the head low key well they don't want me man that's what I'm gonna say um but yeah man I think the league needs to answer for shit like this they most likely won't cause they never will I mean they never do um it is a a big hold on on the difference between not even just owners and shit like that. Just as a team in general. Like if a player don't want to be there, the fact that they can get fined, and the only reason they're getting fined because the team is pissed off. That's the only reason they're getting fined. They're not getting fined because um that this is just the wrong thing to do in the league to say you want out. The only reason they getting fined is because the team pissed off. And they hurt that this person don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and before white people come in, I shouldn't say white people, but in before them type niggas come in and say, well, job is job. You got to do job. This is different. These niggas playing for your fucking entertainment. They can just walk off. All these players can walk off right now and there will, there will be no basketball league. So, yeah, that's my little, uh, not necessarily rant, but take on this. Shout out to Draymond. He talked more than the, um, the whoever is the uh, the players. Um, Chris Paul. Yeah, there you go. He's more like, than Chris Paul. It's, it's funny because it's like Chris Paul out here trying to play an all-star games in a pandemic and COVID hotbed. Wow. Without <laughs> even consulting the best players in the game, like. What y'all want to do, but um, but yeah. So, but like, I'm not like if uh, I already broke it down on our on our Twitter page how I felt about Draymond's comments, but I wholeheartedly agree. Like, especially with the the Drummond and Blake situation, like we it just goes back to like how people are perfectly fine with teams building teams, but when stars want to build teams, it's like or state their unhappiness. It's a prop. Like, we already saw with this season. Like, yeah, I know on this podcast we were critical of Harden. 
but it's just more along the lines of that we know the Rockets kissed his ass. But I ain't gonna say. But but at the same time, Harden went out to play. He did play, and outside like probably the, his last game or game game and a half, he looked pretty mid, of course. But he still went out to play. He went out to play, even with Anthony Davis a couple of seasons ago. He said he wanted out. Pelicans was like, and it wasn't like AD said, oh, I'm about to sit out the season. Pelicans said, we'll play you. Just know you're going to play a half. Play 20 minutes, whatever. Still play. But to sit a player out, especially when the NBA has been on it about teams sitting players out, star players preferably, out of games for no reason, using rest as the reason, and this isn't even rest. It's not even an injury. He's perfectly healthy. He's not a G League two-way player like Gian, uh, Giannis' brother on the Lakers. <laughs> like, it's not that type of situation at all. He's just, like, he's Drummond is healthy. Blake is healthy. He's just unmotivated. So you could use for you could use mental health for Blake, Blake Griffin. But they're healthy. They should play. They can play. If you want to put on a minutes restriction, cool, do that. That's perfectly fine. But what's the point? At that point, you treat those niggas like objects. Exactly. They play to play ball. Like exactly. You, you put them on a minutes restriction, you tell them you can't play. You treat them like objects. You think a nigga's going to bust his fucking Achilles in one game in which he not playing hard? Your team already fucking sucks. Yep. So it's you not know. like he playing hard on some real high-impact shit. The, ch- the, the fucking chances. Of that nigga actually fucking blowing his fucking leg up in the middle of that fucking game is so goddamn slim. It's slim as shit. It is. So I, I, I call that bullshit. Like, I agree. And I understand you want to protect the investment, shit like that. But damn, these niggas are people. Yeah. If you your whole life is dedicated to playing ball, at least be like, let me play ball in front of these fans for the last time on this team. Yep. Mm, weird. Like, like, let me, let me be able to control my destiny. Like, you, like I understand you want to preserve my health. You want to maximize what you get. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want to hoop. Let me hoop. So, like, I, I definitely agree with Draymond. Like, the league has to do something about it because it's not fair for teams, to, at least openly. Because it's not like, like, it's just like, it's not like, it's not as if, like, with the players where literally we'll see Muff say, yeah, I went out on social media and all of that. But Wide, Shams, Mike Haynes, don't those guys, they all got sources in most of these teams. That's their way of saying, oh, publicly, yeah, we're about to trade folks. Like, that's not fair. It, to me, it's, just, it's not fair at all. It's sad, actually. It's bullshit. So, like, Draymond's not wrong. He even... Just how, like, teams try to treat a young player and all of that. And, like, it goes back to the narratives of, like, oh, that player's a bust. They did him wrong. Then it goes, we blame the player, but not the organization. Plenty of players that ended up like that. So, it's a lot of stuff he said. It's a lot of taking. Half of the Philly rebuild is niggas who, yeah, he was ass. So, we just traded Markel Fultz. 
Yeah, like they did it, and like the thing is, they did like prayers up Markel because I know he he tore his ACL, but he was hooping. Once he got to the Magic, it was more like, okay, we just can't do nothing for you. Maybe a in like a the, the term change of scenery is very real sometimes. You just need a change. Like you you need a change of things just to get to boost yourself back up and make things work like it, it just it be that way it, markel folks is a prime example of, of of a recent person who needed a change and literally the man was having a borderline all-star season with the magic if if you want to if you can sit there and argue so like you can make that you can make that case it's other players whether they proceed to become role players elsewhere proceeded to literally just needed a change of scenery and it benefited them nicholas batum was sitting on a bench for two three years with the hornets change of scenery oh man i forgot nicholas batum was is a very well-rounded player is a very key person on that clippers team very key person literally people forget how talented he can be Trying to think, but it's it's other players like who just you know, Barry Nance. Fuck. Sometimes he balls for Ke- Cleveland. Um, shit, it's the whole actually a whole lot of players like that. Julius Randle. No, Julius Randle hoops for every team. It's just you don't know what Julius Randle you getting. <laughs> it's like you're either going to get Julius Randle averages you a smooth fifteen and eight, or you getting the current Julius Randle where he'll give you forty. And average like twenty and ten. Mm. That's his main problem. Like, so. But yeah, it's multiple players like that. It's just they just floating around. You just don't know, and it's just unfortunate. But Draymond said a lot, and I like the point you brought up where it's just like it's funny that Draymond is saying something that Chris Paul should be saying. Like, Kyrie does it. He's the vice president. Kyrie does it in his own Kai Irving type way. <laughs> but Draymond said, is, like, talking like he should be the president of the Players Union. Yeah. And that's no shade towards Chris Paul. He's done his fair share good and all of that. But Draymond, one thing about Draymond, and I'm always appreciate Draymond for he's he's not ever going to keep quiet. He's not going to hold his tongue. He is going to keep it real, which is why I think, he, like, once his career is over with, he's going to be a great TV personality. And I mean, he's going to be sense. one of the best player analysts ever. He is going to be up there with literally every football player that becomes an analyst because them niggas are good at their fucking job. Yeah. But he's going to be like that. Him, him, people like him, people like him, even though KD is too great to do that when his career is over with, KD is another one. If you listen to that nigga talk basketball, you'd be like, damn, this nigga knows a fucking game, bro. You know, mm-hmm. Bron is another nigga who would be too big, and we always know Bron basketball IQ is high. CJ fucking McCollum. You ever listen to his podcast? Oh, yeah, CJ McCollum's a really smart guy. He has a personality. Yeah, so, like, them niggas, man, I can't wait to to, to, to shack in them, not to say no more, but I can't wait to them niggas. So... Yeah, but like Draymond, Draymond, man, you know we talk shit about him. I know they call him um, Mr. Uh, triple Single, um, but he's speaking facts. 
Yeah, he ain't telling no lies. Like, the man is, like, he's always a very honest player. He's a very smart basketball player as a whole. And he, he, he yeah, he talks like he's a superstar, but at the same time, his impact, his impact on, let's just put it this way, on contending championship teams is always felt, regardless yep. how you feel. So, respect to Draymond. Uh, last thing, is there, I think it's two more things, one more thing we got to talk about, but. Primarily, I think it's the Jazz, the last thing. Yeah, are the Jazz for real? Uh, I'll let you uh, start that talk with are the Jazz for real. All right. So there's two definitions of for real. So you can say, are they Miami Heat fucking um, Miami Heat Denver type real? Or are they Atlanta Hawks? You just got to run into the right team, get your ass up out of here, real. <laughs> and I think they're the Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets type fucking real when it comes to being a contender. Because guess what? They ain't got Jeff Teague as their best player. Or Paul Mills have. Or Al Horford. <laughs> or Cal Corbin, who made the fucking all-star team. You got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert with a bunch of people who know they fucking role. You can't ask for shit better than that. You really can't. Um, them knowing their role is probably the best thing that's going to happen for that team. And them two playing like superstars. A, a year that that I know we talk a lot of shit, but this year is going to be a year in which Rudy Gobert, we're going to look at it and be like, yeah, folks really deserve this defensive player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not going to be a situation where we say, oh, AD got snubbed. Because it's just a, a race between him and, and, and Ben Simmons right now. Ben Simmons most likely is a sexier pick. Um, but still. Um, Rudy Gobert is balling. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of sad to see that Donovan Mitchell not in the big MVP talks, even though he's leading the best conference. Um, his team is leading the best conference in the league by a landslide because I think it's a division in the West who has a better rating than the whole entire Eastern Conference, the top five in the Eastern Conference. So my uh, take on always the East ain't never comparing with the fucking West is uh, coming to full efficient. I mean, uh, to it, flourishing, my bad. But, yeah, man, the Jazz are the Jazz. I think they're great. I think they're a great team to match other contenders up with. Uh, they are smacking niggas legitly, um, and they just playing. They playing ball like they know they can. And, you know, they playing their brand of basketball. Unfortunately, it's if the Utah Jazz brand of basketball, that shit sound ass. But they playing their brand of basketball, <laughs> and I'm happy to see that they balling. Yeah. So, with the Jazz, I think I'm always. I think I think I Jazz make the playoffs this year, which is. My fuck up, but I think I also I probably also said either they're not going to make the playoffs or they're going to just be one of the top three teams in the top four teams in the West. Right now, top three team in the West, top two team in the West. We're gonna go even further. Best team in the West, currently the hottest team in the league. So the Jazz is definitely proving me wrong, and I give them credit for that. But it's like once again, this goes back to when you look at. How some of the like I think we even said some of the better teams that's that's going to perform this season are teams that 
have chemistry established, have something already going, and you just continue to just do it at a high level. And the Jazz, and it's not and with the Jazz, it's just more like offensively they look a lot better. Defensively, like it's Rudy Gobert. It's just like look, defend your man and just know Rudy's right there. And people may sit there and say, well, he don't get the blocks that he's supposed to get. If you watch that man, the way he contests shots is frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like I think, what was it? I think it was when he was guarding. I saw a highlight where he was just guarding Zion. Like, I think Zion did boom his ass, but he'll get. If you're if you're big and you're a rump you're gonna get boomed eventually. It'd be that yep. way. But in terms of just how he makes life, how he uses the fact that he is seven foot three. He uses it very well. He, it's like it's not flashing athleticism, like how Javale or Dwight Howard would just leap up forty-five feet in the air and send your shit. It's like, look, good. Just know I am seven foot three. If I lift both my arms up, I'm probably nine feet tall. You're not going to get an easy shot over me. Nope. He's a presence. He is genuinely a presence on the defensive end. It's a terror, and. Like they and even then around him, like I think arguably in the starting lineup alone, Donovan Mitchell might be the worst defender, but he's not a bad defender at all. He's a he's I ain't gonna say he's good, but he's a serviceable defender. Mike Conley's still starting point guard on that team. People forgetting Mike Conley's actually playing quietly, having a better season than he did last year. Both the uh, the better Bogdanovich brother. Because he's act he's actively playing. Because the other Bogdanovich brother on the Hawks is hurt. So fuck you right now, fucking on my fantasy team. But the Bogdanovich brother they have really freaking good, and he he can. And the funny thing about him, if he gets hot shooting, he's hot. He's really freaking hot. Joe Ingles is still a really good player. Another person who can give you twenty on any given night. That's the funny scary thing. That's the scary thing. I think the only the main issue with the honest with the Jazz is you have too many white players who are who are important factors. That's just my only issue with them. You have too many white players who are, who can who are important factors for your team. But those two white boys, Ingles and Bogdanovich, can play really good defense. They're good on offense. They're smart basketball players. They're gritty. They will do the white man thing. They're really good. Jordan Clarkson off the bench is literally becoming the true six man that he he's always been. It's just now you're on the Hawks, you can do whatever you, whatever you please. Gave freaking gave the six forty off the bench. Come on, man. <laughs> like like gee, like they have. I like the squad. They are a really good team, and like they match up well against each other. Uh, in terms of the Western Conference, they match up well against the uh, the Clippers really well, uh, really freaking well. And plus, Joe Ingles still owns Paul George soul until until he hands it right back to him. They match up well with the Lakers, even though for some guy reason, Anthony Davis catches the Holy Ghost anytime he sees Rudy Gobert. But they still match up well against the Lakers. Um, and the Nuggets really match up well against them. So, like, if I'm the Lakers or Clippers, I really don't want to see the Jazz. Especially if I'm the Clippers. 
like I'm putting more on the Clippers. I don't want to see the Jazz because I think it's a very poor matchup unless they get their hands on Drummond. Then that way you can you have somebody who can at least compete on the boards and somewhat cancel out uh, the fact of Gobert on the court. But like in but like the Jazz are a legit team. I apologize. I apologize for underestimating this team. But um, I think they for real. I don't think they can beat the Lakers in a seven-game series because regardless, the West is the Lakers to lose. But I'm, but they can definitely, if things go their way, can take them to seven. They can take yeah. them to seven. So, um, but, yeah, so Jazz is legit. I like them. Um, keep doing what y'all doing. They literally won their last 19 of their last 20 games. That is freaking crazy. Freaking crazy. So, but, yeah, so shout out to them. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, you can uh, recap UFC. All I'm gonna say in regards to that UFC card, shout out to me winning a uh, hundred dollars worth of bets. So I needed all of that shit. One hundred thirty dollars, be exact. So cool. Shit. Well, yep. I want as lucky as Chris, but UFC. I always forget the numbers before I go into a podcast. Just passed. Um, crazy card. Um, really one for the hardcore fans, I should say. Um, now, uh, in terms of the main card, it's really like I know why niggas here, and, and it ain't because you want to know how Alexa Garasso did. Niggas don't even know who she is. Sad niggas don't know who she is. Uh, was that the code? I think that was the code. I think that was a comedy event. Yeah, it had to be a comedy event. Um, Kevin Gastelum was back. There's a lot of good knockouts. Well, not knockouts. Well, no, because there was one knockout. There's a lot of good, like, comeback victories, a lot of good scraps. But we all here for the main card. Just what I want to talk about. Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Two former teammates, former rivals going head to head, like a classic match of me and 2K against me and Chris in 2K. But just like me and Chris against 2K, it usually was over in the third quarter. Um, <laughs> and. Give a, I mean, um, uh, my man Kamaru Usman was able to knock out Gilbert Burns with the fucking jab off his offhand, um, <laughs> which is that, that shit. man. He did go southpaw mid fight. <laughs> yeah, he jabbed him with the with, with the hand he don't usually smoke niggas with, um, and he smoked them like a lay pack. So, um, very good, very good main event. A lot of niggas was calling him Carraro Snoozman. I hate corny ass names like that. Um, because his fights are not as exciting as some of the other um, fighters out there. But he needs to say, don't ever disrespect that man. Plus, he's a black man, so don't ever disrespect the black man. And plus, he's a black man that's dominating that sport. So don't ever disrespect a black man that's a dominant sports figure, my nigga. Um, and he proved a lot of niggas wrong. And I'm happy about that. Um, was able to see um, him deal with the person that everybody was thinking is his hardest fight in his division. And that is true. It's his hardest fight in his division. Um, Kobe Covington was tough. He was a very, a very tough opponent but Gilbert Burns and we saw the first round 
knocked him the fuck. He, he knocked him on. He didn't knock him on the ground. He made him, you know, touch the floor, which I don't think anybody was able to do in UFC history against um, Kamaru, which is a feat in itself. Nobody was able to knock down Kamaru Usman. Um, so, and I don't count what happened to him as a knockdown. So he still, you know, still has been sanitized. You know what yeah, he beat George St. Pierre record. Um, but the crazy thing is, Gilbert Burns hit him with a shot in the beginning. And just like me and Chris Games in 2K, usually Chris would be smoking me in the first quarter. But I adjust. And he adjusted with that, that jab. Scary-ass jab. Just to think somebody can lightly punch you and you just fall on the fucking floor. That's scary as hell. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, shout out to him for being able to seal the deal against Gilbert Burns. Now the biggest thing coming up is uh, who he fights next. He called out Jorge Masvidal. So if y'all want to see it, um, I don't know. He's in one of them situations that he is better than his whole weight class, and eventually. He will, because I, I believe he beats Montreal again. I believe he beats um, Covington again. I believe he beats uh, Leon Edwards. If Leon Edwards come back, I mean, if Leon Edwards get a chance to fight him again, even though he beat Leon Edwards already. He beat every goddamn top contender stuff for Stephen Thompson, and Stephen Thompson lost to fucking Woodley twice. So, you know, he beat everybody, um, and that's that's that shows greatness. Uh, I don't know. He said he would never fight uh, Izzy, so we won't be seeing him jump up to fight Izzy anytime fucking soon. Say so he'd never fight that, uh, that other Nigerian man. So people might as well get that out of their membrane now. Um, but yeah, Kamaru Usman. He's looking at wanting to be one of the pound-for-pound pound greatest fighters in UFC history right now. Like I said, past uh, GSP's record, not that many people are doing that. Anytime you can touch GSP in any facet of the sport, you that, my nigga. That's like, well, basketball is pretty inflated now when it comes to this shit, but it's kind of like... When you randomly looking at the stats in the game and you see Will Chamberlain name right there, it's kind of like that shit. Um, even though every time somebody do something in the league, they were like, this is the first person in the modern basketball era excluding Will Chamberlain to do this or excluding Jordan, you know, shit like that. But that's what it's like. Um, uh, so shout out to Gilbert Burns. Lastly, the next big show other than, like, fight nights, is Blockowitz versus Izzy. Crazy card. Three title fights. You got Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. You have um, Amanda Nunez versus the next white chick she's going to beat up. You have um, Blockowitz versus uh, Izzy. Uh, you got, I think, Zabit is fighting on that card. Just a crazy-ass card. I definitely will be watching that. It's, it's it's from start to finish. It's gonna be amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, can't wait for that. But that's been UFC talk.
Uh, and, and Kobe Covington is fucking corny as fuck. So, yeah. Of course he is. Fuck him. I always fuck Kobe Covington. So, all right. So that's UFC. Let's go ahead and move on to wrestling. So, uh. Before we get into the actual NXT and uh, predict what in our predictions for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-views, uh, breaking news of some sort, um, Bow Wow, a.k.a. Shad Moss, according to Google, Boward Woward, um, he wants to wrestle. And he's, I guess he's serious. He's recently said he's joining Rikishi's wrestling school pretty cool um he's engaging with other wrestlers on twitter who's going at him saying like hey bro this shit ain't sweet i'm not mad at him uh in either way but hey i'm not mad at bow wow it's just hilarious because if as members of the black community we know how much of a meme bow wow has been the past decade so, if he's serious, that's dope. It's awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure this man's going to see that he has over a million followers and sit there and be like, he's an asset. Cool. I'm pretty sure Bad Bunny, I'm pretty sure he saw how Bad Bunny was getting all this traction from then on WWE shit. I can do that too. Exactly. Eck freaking exactly. So, it's like, and even though Bow Wow is more known amongst the black community, and if people remember the like Mike movies, there we go. So, like I said, shout out to Bow Wow. I ain't going to knock a black man on Black History Month. Now, March 1st, we're going to see if he's still how serious he is. But um, all power to uh, Shad Moss, G. All power to you. No, folks. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and talk about uh, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Um... Pretty good NXT takeover. It's always like it's tough to be a horrible NXT takeover at this point, but really solid pay per view from start to finish as always. Uh, there's only one match I didn't watch, which was Io Shirai's match because I just did not want to see uh, that Martinez bitch, and I only watched like two minutes. Just see, I only watched Tony Storm's entrance. Let's just say that, and that's all that mattered to me. But um. Other than that, like, I, every match was really good to me. Um, your initial thoughts on the pay-per-view? Yeah, every match was good to me, too. Like, every, like one of the things I saw on Twitter, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the Tony Storm Yo Shirai and uh, uh, Martinez was the triple threat of cakes match. Uh, crazy. One of the few we get to eat. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to that. Uh, that was a good match. Um, oh, look at what's his name? Um, what's his name? Um, Johnny Gargano and Kushida had a really good match, too. Uh, Johnny Gargano is Johnny Takeover for a reason. Everybody loves Johnny Takeover. Uh, even though his matches be a little bit too long for my liking, but hey, it ain't all about me. Some niggas can watch a Johnny Gargano match until they eyeballs fall off. So shout out to them niggas. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, 
the two tag matches. So uh, I definitely watched uh, the MSK one. I had to catch the, uh, uh, the uh, what you would call the one a little bit later um, because of the way I was trying to watch it. Um, so I wasn't able to get fully invested in it like I should. Even though I do believe it's a solid match, I believe the right team won. Um, in Raquel and uh, and uh, Dakota Kai. Not only do I stand Dakota Kai, I love when teams that like are legit tag teams and establish themselves as just not two friends who working together, but legit they have a relationship with each other outside of this fucking tournament. Love it. Um, makes me I, I I will watch that every chance I get. Uh, now for uh the beer bat. The beer match absolutely slapped. Just Great like uh, somebody said on Twitter, I hate uh, like talking shit about other wrestlers that's not dumbasses. But it was a really good joke. Niggas were saying that the, the grizzled young bets are who the revival think they are. And I tee-hee when I saw that because they, they low-key, they are like, British Strong Style Revival, but I, I'm liking British Strong Style Revival more than I like regular life. So, uh, they were really good. My bears, uh, I forget which one it is. Folks hit a promo before the match, and I literally thought after that promo, them niggas was going to win. That was a, I'm about to win this match promo. So, I didn't know who was winning, but MSK did a fantastic job. Really wasn't. I like this one move, which they do when the guy flips and the other teammate pushes him on the back. He's flipping on. That shit cold. Um, really nice. Really nice. It just They just got some clean moves in their arsenal. Makes me want them on a main roster immediately to booster that tag division. But Vince do not give a fuck about it. So neither do I at the moment. Um, like, uh, that was, so that was a really good match. Anybody winning that match would have been good, but the fact that um, MSK did makes me really, really happy. They told they made us sympathize with them because one of their fathers died. One of them are a black man, so you always know we root for the black niggas on this podcast. Um, really good shit. They are future NXT Tag Team Champions. Let that shit be known. Um, lastly, the title match. Now, don't crucify me. I low-key skim watch this shit. Uh, till they got I did to too. The end. I did too. Um, I did too. I did I, I love. I love Pete Dunne. It's my nigga. The Bruiser way. Him and Roger Strong do some of the craziest fucking backbreaker suplex type shit that I've ever seen. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes I can only have like one 50-minute match per paper. Um, I know that exact time, but that match felt like fucking hey, bitch. <laughs> but me saying that it was still a good match when I cut when I was watching the back end of it because I knew it was about the end song. Really good. I you know I'm one of them, I'm one of the niggas now who don't like all the near finishes because they low key do disrespect the finishers of the people you kind of think that they not you know. No, well, so I love near finishes when it comes to like heated rivalries, but if you keep hitting uh, random finish after random finish and shit like that, it kind of diminishes the finisher that you do get, mm-hmm. or it kind of makes the person that's looking really, really strong too strong. 
so when the next person goes against them, you'd be like, well, did so-and-so hit the, the jackhammer six times in that match and he ain't pinned, but you got pinned for one jackhammer? Shit like that. Yeah. Um, that's really a nitpick. So don't take that as like a full-fledged my uh, thoughts on uh, that match. I thought the match was good. I love how Pete Dale always integrate breaking a nigga, well, kayfabe breaking a nigga finger in the match. That shit is always good in my book. Shit really like it hurt. It was one time, I think he reversed the move, and they ended up on the floor or something like shit. Like, Pete Dunn just had his fucking finger, and I cracked up. Um, really good shit. Um, lastly, uh, um, so the, the, the most dreaded day in the, my experience with NXT history, um, Adam Cole, and the Undisputed Era, she might be about to break up. And my heart is hurting. Because I love the Undisputed Era with all my heart. In the eyes of the age. Fly from here. Copyrighted. But, yeah. That was, yeah. I wasn't expecting it. And I think I've been calling it for like, look, either they're going to separate or Adam Cole is just going to do something. I don't know. But um, it was, it's to me, all it did was just confirm that Adam Cole's time on NXT is pretty much on his final two months. Mm. Outright. Because... Even like it's just like gee, it was like how much what more can Adam Cole do? What more? Like he has literally carried the brand. Like him and Undisputed Era as a collective, but him specifically have carried NXT at least for the past two years. And for Adam Cole, like he has one of the longest NXT title runs. Uh like he's done it all what more do you need of him like and Kyle O'Reilly's hot right now like you, you you already built him up to like okay he could be the next leader or the new leader and all of that what Adam Cole gotta do so I wasn't I was kinda expecting him to do something like something was just off cause like Kyle O'Reilly was just sitting there like when he, when they came out Kyle O'Reilly was just like yeah you're a good you're a good champion man you're a good champion I'm like Get off the fuck off this nigga dick. Like, gee. Yeah. <laughs> but so it was just like it kind of blew me. And then just Adam Cole had that look of like, man, I gotta do fuck something. Fuck this nigga. Exactly. Like legit, like, gee, fuck this nigga. Why we're saving him. And when he super kicked that man, it was smooth. It was very smooth. Cause I looked away from the screen. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> and then when he super kicked Kyle around, I'm like, yep, I know where we're going. I know exactly where we're going. And it's an early prediction for the WrestleMania uh, week takeover, but more than likely it's about to be a uh, loser leaves NXT uh, match. You know, I've been saying it for the longest, but I think it'll make the most sense for those, like between Kyle O'Reilly and, uh, and Adam Cole to have that type of match. Because if things heat up like it should over the next two months. I can see that happening. Um, 
I don't see if to me I don't see Adam Cole fighting Finn. Like I think it's really at this point it's gonna lead up to Finn versus Cross. I think that's where they might want to go. Um, Cause it just even though like it, they could triple thread it, but I think it just benefits more if it was just Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. They don't need the belt. It don't. So that's my take on it. But I'm cool with it. It just means that Adam Cole is by more than likely been confirmed he's getting called up after the uh after Mania probably. That's our hopes because there's a good chance he don't be. It's a um, good chance as well, but Yeah, uh, you know, at this point I think Triple H just wanna keep these little niggas to themselves. Uh I know for some fans it's gonna get kinda of hard to get behind Adam Cole unless you go to Raw. It's because that nigga me and him is the same height. You don't want to be the same height as me in wrestling or any athletic sport. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, just I love Adam Cole with the Undisputed Era. I think that's him at his best is when he got his goons around him. They stumping niggas off, giving them the, 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 the attitude. I mean, I'm about to say the attitude. The Undisputed Era stomp. Um, I mean, when they did that shit to Finn Balor, I mean, yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, it was kind of funny though. Roger Strong looked like yo, do we stomp him or nah? <laughs> he looked so confused. So I do think it was a funny situation on Twitter. Some people was like, they should, uh, they gotta break up the members of the Undisputed Era. So he was like, they, uh, they, uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly get Bobby Fish. And um, and uh, what you call it gets uh, Roger. Yeah, which I'm down with. Yeah, it could happen that way. Or, or it's it's take. Adam Cole says, "Yo, you can have that shit, Kyle. I'm gonna start my new shit. <laughs> that can happen too." Who the fuck you gonna get the wrestle? I don't know. Somebody, he could, it, the amount of freaking talent that's in NXT, he could literally just sit there in the line and with somebody. And it'd be considered agree, a threat. Like, I get what yeah. you mean, though. But. That's kind of weird seeing our code. So, we in the Undisputed Era. Plus. Uh, I, I, I get what you mean. It's a, it's a sticky situation. But, um,. But yeah, so it, it, I know tomorrow night on NXT is gonna be really freaking interesting. Like, you know, people even if they lose the ratings war, I'm pretty sure more people will be turned in for that first hour. Just know what the hell is going on, because that's that's a that's a huge storyline right there. Um, so but let's go ahead and move on to Elimination Chamber. Um, Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. This is like arguably the first pay per view where I'm actually off that day. So I'm actually excited to enjoy pay-per-view without having to rush home. So thank you, WWE, for being considerate. That's a nice birthday gift. So let's go ahead and uh, look at this card. So as of right now, Oscar was supposed to fight Lacey Evans, if I recall correctly. Lacey Evans is confirmed pregnant. It wasn't a work that's real. She's legit pregnant. So congratulations, Lacey Evans. Uh, hope you have a nice, healthy uh, pregnancy and birth. So, congrats. Um, 
and that storyline really went down the drain. But we don't know if Oscar still gonna have a match, so flush that down the toilet for now. Uh, next biggest match on the card is Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee and Matt Riddle in a triple threat match for the United States title. Um, Bobby Lashley has been on a roll lately. A huge roll. Uh, I know actually if you listen to this, I know you hate the fact that we're bigging up Bobby Lashley, but he's been on a roll. He's been beating everybody ass. Um, and it's interesting to put him in a triple threat match because that means he doesn't have to eat the pin if you so choose to take the belt off of him because not to sit there and say that I see him being Drew McIntyre's opponent at Mania, but if you want to do a one-off at Fastlane, you can potentially do that between the two if you so choose. But um, I think he holds the title, though. But I can also see Keith Lee winning this match as well. But I think Bobby Lashley holds on to the belt for the time being. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so moving. Yeah, on. I can see Keith Lee being next, which is cool. Mm-hmm. We need shit like that. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. Um, then we have the Raw's Elimination Chamber match, which features Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston gets in after beating The Miz. So shout out to uh, Kofi Kingston getting in. Once again, shout out to uh, Black Man Prospering in Black History Month. Uh, so with that being said, I, it's more than clear that Drew is going to retain easily. Uh, at this point, because I still believe Edge is going to fight uh, Roman for the belt at Mania. I think that's the match they're going to go for you're either building up AJ to be the person he fights at Mania because AJ is still being built up it comes as... huh open it up oh. uh, AJ is being built up as like the, the most legitimate threat right now and with all that being said AJ being built up as the most legitimate threat I think it's going to be them two as the final two, and then Drew wins, but AJ somehow still gets in to be the final, to be his opponent over the next couple, next couple of months. So that's how I see that happening. Uh, Randy Orton, I think, probably gets eliminated because of the Fiend. I think the Fiend makes his appearance, his grand appearance uh, this this week, this upcoming pay per view. And takes Orton out in some magical way. Unless Alexa Bliss just ha- plays a role in her fiend like character. But, um, but yeah, so I'm. The station, uh, 70s Rock, free on Amazon Music. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. Thank you. I keep forgetting that happens. Forget. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Drew McIntyre retains. Yeah, um, I agree with you on the Drew McIntyre retains part. Uh, hmm, how do I say this in a nice way? I don't give a shit about who wins this match. <laughs> uh-huh. 
there is a uh, um, uh, like a a sense of I I hate matches when you go into it and you already know who's going to be the victor. This is one of those matches. Um, but who cares? Uh, Drew retains. That's what we all want, right? Um, also, uh, we might get a slapper match. I just want to say this. My theory is that Mustafa Ali takes Kofi's spot in the chamber like he took his, building off that story. Right? Yeah. What do I mean that was for us, bro? You are part. You are part. Let's go. I'm punk as fuck. Hey, they, nope, bro, all that shit saying no delivery, no couriers and that. I got lucky. Like, hey, I know I know we're speaking off pod right now, but gee, I got lucky today, G. It took an hour <laughs> for the shit to come, but I got lucky today, G. <laughs> bro, I did that shit in everything last night, bro. I got some JJ's, bro. Badass Mexican bitch gave it to me. Sorry, pod, for y'all listening to us. Um, and, uh, bro, I ain't even gonna cap, bro. That bitch is like $25 all together, bro. I had five catfish steaks with the mild sauce on the fries. Ooh. Oh! Delectable. That sound like a hit. You know how many men start when it's like, Doom! you know, before he say many man. Yeah. That's how I felt when I took the first bite. That <laughs> shit <laughs> that shit was, that shit was, oh my god, bro. That shit was amazing, bro. It was amazing. Oh, I can't man. ask for nothing better. But uh, back to what we said, yeah, I think that's that's my prediction for uh, Kofi. I think that's a missed opportunity if Mustafa Ali do not take Kofi's spot. That is yeah. a big missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout out to... Um, that let me Ramen Elimination Chamber. Even though I don't give a shit about SmackDowns either, I think they concept is better. So you can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, Bay. so all I'm going to say is, look, man, this is further proof that Roman that nigga, G. <laughs> Roman that nigga, bro. So just, just to give a little bit more, like, highlight of why the SmackDown uh, Elimination Chamber set up the way it is, Adam Pearce pretty much said, yeah, Roman, you're going to have to defend that belt. In the elimination chamber, Roman literally says, "Nigga, I'm not going in that mo- Like I'm not like I'm not saying it verbatim, but he literally says, "I'm not going in there. I'm not. I'm the champion. I'm the. I, this is the Isle of Relevancy. I've run this bitch. I'm not doing that shit. They can fight me at elimination chamber, but I'm not going in the elimination chamber. I respect the energy. I respect that energy. Like, gee, that's funny as hell." So then they proceed to say, "All right, well, here's the men's who men who are going to fight for a number one contender to fight Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber, at in a Elimination Chamber match. So Jey Uso versus Kevin Owens versus King Corbin versus Sami Zayn versus Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Um, I like the uh, lineup. It screams for." Cesaro to win <laughs> it's great like I'll be mad like honestly at this point even I'm a Kevin Owens fan I'm I'm over Kevin Owens versus Roman at this point it serves no purpose for them to fight each other one-on-one right now at this point I'm, I'm over it but Cesaro is very hot 
He's beat Daniel Bryan clean twice and a couple other people. Like he's he's got something nice going on. Even though I think they're teasing something with him and Seth, but I don't know if it's gonna go that way. Um uh, you say it's Cesaro, I say it's D Bry. It's Daniel Bryan's an option too. It's an option as well. But I think they're gonna give Cesaro like this is the time to kinda of give Cesaro that nod just to appease the the internet wrestling community just say he got a title shot even though he's so, probably going to get his ass dragged reason I think it's Big Row I mean not Big Row reason I think it's the GOAT is because of this so you might not be getting Brock so who the fuck do you have to go against um, Drew and it's actually a match that we care for and give a fuck about. Edge is the only person. Even though Edge and Roman is more compelling, I don't see Edge taking that title off of Roman. But I could see Edge taking that title off of Drew and Edge losing via Money in the Bank to Demis. Perfect situation, right? You get Drew stealing the title picture because I want my belt back, laddie. And then... Edge can be his part-time and so, and he lost the belt without you know, losing at WrestleMania. Story still came together like it should. It's just, you know, Edge being able to be a part-time. d Bryant and Roman can tear the house down with a good story, and we still need that Daniel Bryan, you know, after retirement WrestleMania moment that we haven't got, so. Yeah. That's how it's looking for me. For me. I get you. Like, I hear you. Like, because you can still set up Daniel Bryan versus Roman because you still got fast lane, regardless. You you have, after this, you have still two months to set up Daniel Bryan versus Roman if Edge so chooses not to fight the big dog. But I think they use just this because between now and fast lane is kind of filler for Roman. In a way, it's just like, hey, get me to Mania and we'll figure out who I fight then. Because regardless, like you said, I agree. Whoever he fights, is, it's a it's big either way. Because Roman Reigns is just that hot. But uh, I just don't think you built like you have like you you built up Cesaro to literally do something close revolving a, a title. And with him being a face right now. He can't fight Big E, um, because it seems like Sami Zayn and Apollo Cruz is on that right now, uh, and it makes the most sense like how hot Cesaro is. It's just like you're building him up for at least a one-off. This is a nice one-off. It gives him the idea of like, like hey, I'm the tough, the tough underdog type guy, because you're competing against Roman after being an Elimination Chamber match. So, like, it'd be a good match. It'd be a fun match to see. With Daniel Bryan thing, like, I won't be mad because, like, he said he could use the narrative of, like, A, I wasn't in a fair environment to fight you one-on-one, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you can't go wrong with either one. It's, it's either of those two. It's either or those two. So, I'm 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 excited to see who who they choose. But I think Cesaro is my favorite right now just on how they're building him up. So yeah, 
But um, but yeah. So that's it for this week's episode. Um, nothing. AEW hasn't done nothing spectacular. Um, besides the inner circle, the inner circle storyline still the main primary storyline. I don't know if we talked about the New Japan shit on the pod. Uh, what happened on New Japan? No, I mean AEW New Japan aren't working. Oh yeah, they yeah because uh, what's his name? Uh, Kenta was it Kenta? Yep. Yeah, he popped up. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it on last okay. episode. Little people, some people thinking we about to get some Okada. I don't know. I like that. We get Okada. That's crazy. I mean, they get Okada. That's crazy. what the fuck I'm saying. We, they get Okada. That's crazy. Um, but that's the handle there until it happens. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think Okada still moves a fucking needle. Look, I'm I'm, I'm not about to hate on AEW. Anything I say. But there's a big dog in wrestling. There will always be a big dog in wrestling. I'm not talking about Roman, but the, the company has Roman as well, so that, you know, helps them out. It's very hard for a company to be even somewhat at the same mind frame as the E right now when wrestling is not at its most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I think it's good as for wrestling fans to get Okada, but don't see it as a the tide is changing for wrestling. Nah, it's, it's that's not that's not in this situation. This mm-hmm. ain't gonna make Mister Man goddamn pull the fucking plug and say fuck it, Cesaro get the belt. We gotta appease the wrestling fans. Nah, that shouldn't happen. So, um, yeah. That's my take on that. I hope I hope it do happen. It'd be nice, yeah. Better be. matches than Dean Mocker, I mean, than Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, whatever the fuck you want to call him, sitting there and being in triple threats the whole entire time. Not triple threats. Um, death matches. No, nah, fuck that. He don't do death matches. Um, yes, he do. When, when is his last death match? A month ago? <laughs> Nigga, who, who was that against? Kenny Omega. He didn't have no death match against Kenny. He didn't have no death match against Kenny. He just had a regular match. It could have sworn that was a death match. The way they... I think it was like a a no-hole with Bajon. A death match. (laughs) No, a death match is, hey, let's get a fucking spark plug and put it on his nuts. That's a death match. Wow. That was just a... Hey, we wrestling... Hardcore because Dean Ambrose can't have a technical, a good technical match type joint. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's not a night on Dean Ambrose. It's just the truth. Yeah, no lies. Yeah. So that's what's going on AEW right now. Nothing really major. The Inner Circle storyline with uh, at this point now Sammy Guevara, which I forgot he was back, uh, is fed up. So. Take that as you wish. Um, so, Inner Circle still running things. But that's it for this week's episode. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, make sure you copy some uh, You Tweaking Media merch on Teespring. Uh, make sure you also, if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. You know the vibes. Make sure you also, uh, whatever platform you listen to, on, on the audio side of things. Spotify, SoundCloud, all of that good stuff. Make sure you like, subscribe, 
comment if you can. It'd be greatly appreciated, you know. And also, uh, our homeboy, if you listen to Timeless Vibes, you know, uh, Chaz, he's dropping an EP this uh, upcoming Friday, Thursday night, late late Thursday night, early Friday, called Sacrifices. Check that shit out. Some heat. You pretty much hear the intro song is Overload. That's one of the main songs off the EP. Make sure you check that shit out when it drops. Must uh, like it and appreciate it. Also follow us on Twitter at Threes from the Ring. Be greatly appreciated as well. We got some crazy takes on there. Daytro pisses off uh basketball writers and shit too. So hey, but we appreciate oh, the basketball you guys. writer. Yeah, he's a beat writer. He blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you blocked me. But we appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks. Peace out.